Hey, listeners, fans, enemies, anyone who checks out our podcast, come meet us during Comic-Con. We will be there Friday and Saturday at noon in front of the Hard Rock Hotel. We'll be handing out stickers and swag. You meet your favorite character. Meet your least favorite character. Me. Gertrude, yes, we all know. Come hang out with us. Have a good time. See you there. Hello, my friends. This is Grayson Gersagar Galgari, your friendly fighter. And if you do not know, the Decemberist Society needs you, my friend, to like us, uh, like the awful neutral podcast that is, rate us five stars, and please comment with anything you desire. Foolish mortals, do awful, neutral. Hello, and welcome to the Awful Neutral Podcast. I am your dungeon master, Damian Mercado. With me, as always, is Clint Beiser as... The G-Man Grayson. Dave Callens as... The Q-Man, Kevin. Sarah Lee Steiner as... The woman, Gertrude. <laughs> Debatable. So, lady, damn it. <laughs> thou doth protest too much. Don't you dare say Shakespeare to me. You shut your pretty mouth. <laughs> Salvador Viesca as... The biggest L around. <laughs> the bigger L than you've ever seen, guys. Is it related to it's that... huge L. To that show, The L Word? Is it related in any way? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you coming out? <laughs> And unfortunately, he couldn't be with us this week because he's flying back from a comedy show, I believe. Jesse Egan would be Chud Bingsley. Is he flying back on the Gertrude's Dudes? Yes, and there's been several ports of call along the way. Yeah, it's, it's being uh, sub-managed by Spirit <clears throat> Airlines right now. You have to understand, when you're Jesse Egan, you slay it in whatever town you're in, you know. He has a lady in every city. Her name's Myrna. <laughs> <laughs> she travels with him. Great inside joke. I love it. Not if you buy his album that's coming out, right? <laughs> when does that drop in? Dropping in July, I think so. <laughs> I can't remember. Not with us this week, but we'll be back next week and possibly more weeks in the future. Are our guests from last week, Caleb Cleveland and Mulishy Rhodes AG. They could not make it today because of the Democratic debates happening tonight. So their characters will just be lightly referenced today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You have to understand, Sarah Lee Steiner is a hardcore conservative. She's a Trump supporter through and through. <laughs> Build the wall. <laughs> she said unironically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do believe Gertrude, prob- if she existed in this world, probably would have voted for Trump. Oh, yeah. She would be one of those people behind him at the rally with the hat mm. and like the cut off shorts. And you look at her and you're like, that's all of Tennessee in a person. <laughs> yes. Last time on Awful Neutral, Gertrude's Dudes, joined with special guests Gonk Holskin and Malison Kill, joined the party to help them search for the lost belt of the wrestlers they had defeated the week prior. 
the wrestlers had come to them requesting their aid and apologizing for their actions the night before. <coughs> the gang spent the adventure looking for decorative cabbage and solving the easiest fucking puzzle to ever grace D&D. Congratulations, Gertrude's dudes. You did it. Upon returning the belt to the giants, the giants showed their gratitude by giving Gonk and Malison their own ship and offering to fly the entire party to Duke's court for their next wrestling match. So our adventurers got to party with some real superstars in this world. They got the first-class treatment on that ship during their travels. At the end of the episode, the gang decided to interrogate the were-rat prisoner from the week before, while the giant unironically named Andre held the were-rat in his tight grip. The were-rat was won over by a charm spell and at the people in this room's request, adopted a voice sounding very similar to Mrs. Doubtfire, gave them much of the information that they required. The adventure ended with them shoving the were-rat into a metal case on the ship's deck and sealing it. We pick up our adventure that evening after the events of the previous episode and the excitement of the interrogation. I want to do that scene from Dirty Dancing where I like hold her up over his head. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Who are you doing it with? I'm ready. Grayson, uh, Grayson, Grayson. Sorry, obviously. You yeah. can take me to the corner, baby. We practice baby. dance. It keeps us nimble for combat. <laughs> okay. I don't know the scene, so you're going to have to well, dance me through it. You're going to have to lead, I if you will. had the time of my life. I always thought that I had a terrible voice. Both of you roll a performance check. Oh, wait, what's my modifier? Oh. Oh, are you are you taking place in this Gertrude? If you have anything you'd like to do, we don't practice with her. Wasn't I? I thought that oh, was. Was it going to be you and Sal? Yeah, of course. He said he said oh, Sal. Sorry, you're, you're too you busy. Want me to sing the song. Your I ego protected you so hard for that that you didn't even hear it wasn't your name. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. All she heard was Sarah Lee Steiner, Sarah Lee Steiner, Sarah Lee Steiner, Sarah Lee Steiner. I heard Dirty Dancing. Yes. <laughs> yes, Patrick Swayze. And all of the estrogen flowed through my body. <laughs> yeah, so, you're gonna have to clean up that, that chair when you're done. Well, my class is fogged up. <laughs> Wait, so, oh, my performance, performance modifier sucks. I got a nine. Ten plus three, thirteen. Thirteen? <laughs> I rolled a thirteen for my ability to sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's high, Gertrude. <laughs> I think so as well. I feel like that's a lie, Gertrude. <laughs> All right, so. Prepare to be serenaded, bitches. <laughs> On the deck, Malison and Gonk have gone to their cabins for the evening. Grayson, Kevin, Gertrude, Lothario, and Chud are on the deck. At some point, the friendship duo of Kevin and Lotharo decide to wow each other with some dance. Gertrude starts oh, No, we're singing. doing this to wow our friends. Yeah. We know okay. what we have. Yeah. Practicing for the talent show. Totally straight-faced. The dancing is okay coming from Kevin. His hips are swaying to the beat and his feet are moving. That You can at least say that. He does seem a little bit stiff, surprisingly, for a cat. He kind of looks like a uh, white dad dancing, but at least like one who knows what a rhythm is. What a rhythm is. He he only has enough time for a little rhythm. Speaking of which, can somebody explain to me what rhythm is? You just got to feel a baby. (laughs) Ironically, Lothario (laughs) is offbeat and attempts to do the jumping move for the dirty dancing move completely misses, jumps way too early and ends up hitting the ground. Like, not face first, he catches himself, but it does not look smooth. Nimble hands. Uh, nimble hands. And, and I also keep on going, uh, giving the telltale sign that I'm too old at whatever party by going, oh, oh, over the music. <laughs> Which is when you know that, like, the people at the party are too old for the music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
that does play into because you, I believe, you were partying with the wrestlers doing illicit drugs mm. in the back. So I have an excuse, kids. See, it's okay to fail if you have an excuse like drug addiction. <laughs> That's right, kids. Drop out of school if you've ever tried drugs. Yeah, have an excuse. Have a reason to drop out. Don't drop out for no reason. Dicks. Uh. Dumb children. Is there anything else anybody wanted to do? I fulfilled my fantasy. I'm done for the episode. Same. <laughs> you failed at dancing after while being high on drugs with a giant cat? You're right. That was, like, pretty much my day. <laughs> Judd, that was a very sad display there. What do you think? Did the dirty dancing a uh, big disservice? I certainly agree. Uh, I love uh, dancing in the form of line or rave, personally, but uh, I know that I've seen better dancers. You say line or square. Yeah, it's just a square. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's got to be, like, straight or perpendicular, because I'm not about that fancy circular yeah. rave pit. I ain't about dances that go more than two dimensions. <laughs> I was uh, considering doing some dancing myself, but they ruined it. I, I lost my desire. Guys, you know what? I think what what, what our mistake was is uh, we didn't put any music on. Next time we'll play some music when we dance. It's less awkward to watch. You didn't hear me singing at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were singing? I rolled a 13 for the oh. voice. I didn't know that was canon. I had... That's probably what was throwing them off. Yeah, that's exactly what was... Yeah. Uh, if all the wrestlers, uh, uh, if they were around partying in this vicinity upon seeing the dancing and hearing the singing, they've gone to the back of the, the boat. Back of the boat code for Coke Room. This is Lothario seeing. Like, he's just constantly keeping tabs on like the brightest that, dressed. Do you go to bed and get a full eight hour of sleep, or do you stay up partying with the wrestlers? I mean, I feel like shit. I just dance like crap. I kind of want to boost my mood and hang out with my buddies, you know? Can't okay. go to sleep on a bad one, guys. Gallo appears in Kevin's vision. This time, he is not a giant sphinx that sounds like a Cathy comic. I've scared your brain, Kevin. <laughs> I've scared your brain, Kevin, and I know that this form no longer interests you. Is it the flapping arms? <laughs> it's the it squiggle because, above your head. Is it because I remind you of your mother? And by the way, the last time I asked Dave about what he wanted form he wanted Gala to take, he basically like gave me the biggest fuck you he could to an answer, and he said, you know what? Just create something new every episode. Yeah, I want it to, I want it to be something different every time. Tasmanian devil. <laughs> 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 Okay. <laughs> I know what form you truly desire. Allow me to change after this. And the Sphinx, with the Kathy comic exaggerated actions and movement, transforms into an orange ball of light again. The ball begins moving and, and morphing in different ways. Orange light, like a baby kicking a mother's stomach. Oh, God. I'm visualizing what? this. I'm actually picturing like a huge like baby elephant kicking a mother's stomach, like a human mother. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like is it charging her and then it jumps up, rears up, kick. Yeah, there's there's a miscarriage. Oh man. <laughs> of <laughs> justice. God. <laughs> <laughs> eventually Gallo appears as a whirling dervish spinning quickly in front of Kevin. When he eventually comes out of it, there is an egg-shaped, vaguely mammal-like looking creature with arms sticking out the side, a big, t- huge, gaping mouth. Kevin, it was very good of you to resist. It's a temptation to do catnip tonight. <laughs> but you need to go to bed. If you're going to wake up, I have a feeling that there's going to be big things ahead of Duke's court. <laughs> we have to keep it out. Oh, my God. Oh my, God. my guy is a 
coked out Artie Lang. <laughs> He's you on catnip. He's showing you why you shouldn't catnip. I don't know what's better, the voice or watching you do the voice and your mouth moving in Oof. every direction. Video of him doing the voice should be a Patreon yeah. reward. I love yeah. you. I love waiting to see you realize, like, oh, I should throw it in a fart sound. <laughs> That's good here. He's just going to bed. He rolls over. <laughs> Kevin sees Gallo in his new form that is very disturbing to anybody else, but it's very comforting to Kevin. Uh, Kevin has a smile across his face, turns over, and goes to sleep. Uh, point of order, Kevin doesn't smile. He just looks content. Lothario, <laughs> give me a constitution roll. Constitution with a C? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cookie Monster. 12 uh, plus 2. Yes, Cookie Monster. 14. 14? You stayed up all night partying with the giants. Uh, you knock, j- knock. Hey, you guys, you guys still in here? You guys still partying? You aren't? Yeah. Uh, you want to do that scene? <laughs> you know that you know that move people do to stay in the fucking circle a little long? Oh, you got to smoke a weed? Oh, yeah, I, I don't have any, but I got a lighter. <laughs> <laughs> that I stole from you earlier. Yeah, here's your lighter bag. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Lothario, I'm going to say that you only get four hours of sleep. You stay up partying with them, but because of your... Fucking constant- amateur. Four hours. <laughs> because of your constitution roll, I'm going to say that... Instead of the normal fe- effects of exhaustion, it's only going to be minus two off your attack and damage rolls. Oh, all right. And you have to role play tired from the rest out. You, okay. Like somebody who partied way too hard the night before. I can do that. Gotcha. Oh, he's already in character. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. <laughs> the party goes to sleep that night without incident, safely aboard Malison and Gonk's new ship. Grayson does talk with uh, Malison and Gonk for a while um, before getting his eight hours of sleep. Gotcha. Just to like do the Decemberist sales pitch a little bit better, and yeah, I rolled a sixteen plus six persuasion. That's pretty good. All right, so yeah, just imagine a pretty good conversation happened. Yeah, Grayson shows up with his PowerPoint presentation, a screen behind him, and really lays it on thick. Answers all of the questions that they have quickly, promptly. Doesn't need to go get a supervisor. Nice. And now we all own timeshares. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a fanny pack, a tote bag, and a year supplies worth of multivitamins. So. About two hours after Lothario goes to bed, and about two hours before everybody else wakes up... Hang on, I'm doing the math. The ship arrives at the airship port located within Duke's Court. Because you are on the ship of a celebrity uh, and a very important person, you don't know if it's whether by bribery or perhaps the custom, but they do not have to go through the same custom station that all the other less wealthy airships are arriving in. It is that point, after you guys have woken up and have arrived in the common area, that Randy the Macho Giant Savage addresses all of you. Hey, adventurers! Good to see ya! By the way, uh, I'm a little bit too injured to wrestle in today's match. Uh, Sorry about that, by the way. I shouldn't attack you. My bad. But we do need someone to tag in on our big wrestling match tonight. We're down on a wrestler. I hate to ask, but... All of our replacements couldn't make it tonight, and uh, we're going to need one of you, brothers, to fill in. <laughs> that was incredible. Um, while he's talking, I kind of want to break a chair over his back. <laughs> can, can, I, rolled a, I rolled a two. Kevin, upon knowing that he's talking to a great wrestler and knowing of this guy's reputation, it's always been a dream of his to smash a chair over Randy Macho Giant Savage's back. However, when he grabs the chair, perhaps it's Kevin's high level of strength himself, but he flings it back way too hard and actually ends up breaking the chair on the backswing against his own back. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually kind of impressive. (laughs) 
Uh, uh, Randy's gonna think that was on purpose. <laughs> like, well, that's not exactly what we're looking for, brother. That was a super <laughs> move. Are you volunteering to be on our team for today? You're gonna tap in for Macho Giant Savage. Is Kevin a fan of the wrestling league in this world? He it is. is a very popular yes. sport. Oh yeah, Kevin's a big fan. Kevin, you have just been offered a chance to wrestle in the ring. You are one of the biggest people in your party. It kind of makes sense that you'd be the one. I wasn't sure, but you just showed so much enthusiasm. I think you're the one for it. What do you say? What's your name, brother? <laughs> That's great. You're so good at it. Kevin holds out his hand to shake, and he says, I am Kevin, noble paladin. All right, little brother, you're kind of tiny in my respects, but you are mighty in my heart. Bacho shakes his hand. We, we kind of have this really tense handshake for a moment, biceps bulging, and, and Kevin looks at him and says, What's the matter? CIA got you pushing too many pencils? <laughs> <laughs> yes! The predator handshake. Yes! <laughs> At that point, the wrestler who looks like the ultimate warrior comes in, tassels and all, and whispers something into Randy Macho Giant Savage's ear. Uh, the ultimate warrior just told me that we've got two ringside tickets for the rest of you. Uh, you judge amongst yourselves which one's gonna take it. Kevin, you're in with us. We gotta head to the gym right now. Who's taking those extra tickets? Well, actually, uh, point of order, I... We are at Duke's Court, and um, we need uh, one of you to come with me to uh, help with Tifi. Um, who should uh, maybe... Well, I'm going to go uh, watch the wrestling and catch my boy's game. You can take gummy arms if you want. <laughs> Good old gummy arms names boats after herself. Chud, would you rather go to the mechanic or um, perhaps uh, Gertrude? I'll personally let Gertrude decide. I, I'm a fan of wrestling, but I have a feeling that uh, helping Tifi out would be the, the right thing to do as well. Whenever there's an opportunity for me to see big, strong men and tiny little leotards, I say yes. Oh, that settles it, because I find that whole thing to be a bit unsightly myself. Well, I think you should just be a little less judgmental and open up your mind to acceptance. Gertrude, I, for one, am a little jealous. I, uh, I am right there with you. I would like to see that as well. But unfortunately, I do need to complete this task of getting Tifi all, uh, back up in shape so we can get you officially part of the Decibarists. All right, well, how about you and I, Grayson, go down and get Tiffy, and we'll bring him to this mechanic character you've been mentioning. Very good. Um, Gremo, uh is not here. Is Do we have uh, any muscle to help Tiffy? He's pretty heavy. Do um, we have a cart or something? And my hammer. Yes, your hammer. Okay. <laughs> uh, th thank you, Kevin. Uh, good luck in the wrestling match. I wish I could see it. You're a beautiful warrior. I'm fairly confident that the two of us strapping young men could carry Tifi's only, what, about 300 pounds? Yes, uh, you are pretty big. All right, have fun at the wrestling match. I look forward to hearing all about it when I see you guys later. And with that, Chud and Grayson go downstairs to get Tifi from the ship and bring them to the mechanic. What about you, uh, Gonk, uh, Malison? Well, Malison always says that uh, w we should, uh, well, I don't know, what do you think, Malison? We'll stay here. 
Gonk and Malisane actually have several upgrades to do to this ship uh, now that it's under their watch. So they're probably going to be busy today doing repairs, getting needed supplies, things like that. Yes. Thank you, Malisane. Kevin, you have left with the wrestlers, Gertrude and Lothario. The match starts in about two hours. Is there anything you guys would like to do before the match? You guys have tickets to ringside seat. You guys will be there close enough to tag in if you wanted. I'd like to help you boys cover your bodies in oil when you slip into your tight leather suits. I won't be greasing up today, Miss Gertrude, but uh, perhaps you can help uh, some of my brothers. What do you say? Andre, the unironically named giant, who was already packing up his bags and getting ready to walk off the ship, kind of shakes his head. Hello, lady. Not my part. The giant, who resembles the ultimate warrior, just kind of shakes his head, but does it vigorously so his tassels <laughs> are, are going in the breeze. I could oil your mustache. Hold on, brother. Now you're talking. You and Lothario can go ahead and come back with us. Uh, we're going to have to kick you out right before the wrestling match. Me and Kevin and the rest of the team are going to have to get in the mood, get our minds right. <clears throat> and uh, with that, all of you guys set off together. Gertrude, Kevin, Lothario, and the rest of the giant wrestling team. As they're going through town, they notice several things in Duke's court as they're making their way through town. They notice that... Give me a perception check. Everybody who's traveling. 13 total. 13 total. Kevin has 13 plus 5, 18. 18? Oh, Kevin can do math real fast. Uh, Kevin, you notice all sorts of things about this town. Not only is this one of the more advanced towns that you've been to, even if you have been here before, you notice there's been significant change since the last time you've been here. There's been significant change since the last time I was here. Last time you were here several years ago, uh, most of the lighting in the city was done by candlelight. Uh, that both indoors and outdoors. Now when you're looking, you're seeing these these large metal structures that emit light on their own. In fact, in fact, with that roll, you can actually look down and you see special workers, special workers installing these lights. You can see that the workers putting up these lights are working with these blue shiny cables. They're laying these lines in such a way that they go to each one of the establishments that you can see because it's still somewhat early morning. Some of the houses still have lights on. This felt like a sales pitch, like you were about to say. And you know what? Because I really like you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would never say that to any one of you. <laughs> you don't see not one, not two, but you see three workers. Are you going to buy a sham wow or not? <laughs> so you notice all this infrastructure development. In our world, might look at some of this as it looks like electric light posts are being put in. The cables that are being used to power these light poles look very different than the ones in our world. As I said, they look uh, blue and shiny. You notice this stuff all around. All of you guys, by the way, are very impressed by the sight of this new electric lights just on the street and in homes. And so we're used to magic, but guys, like electricity, that's cool. You notice most of the residents as you're walking through town are uh, human or elf. Occasionally there's a dwarf, a halfling, or even a gnome. More occasionally you'll see a dragonborn, a half-orc, or one of the other less common races. In what about area. a Jasonborn? Thing. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> when you get the scoff, you know. <laughs> You never see Jason Bourne until it's too late. <laughs> Even with an 18 perception? Come on. At least a natural 20. Yeah, you only... All his, his die are 20. There's a DC 30 if you want to catch Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah. You notice the architecture here looks very much Germanic in nature in our world. You know, this is one of the major empire cities. This, a lot of the w buildings made of simple masonry, wood structures. This city is very dense population. As you guys pass, you pass several neighborhoods. You can see kind of a dwarf quarter, a halfling quarter. 
neighborhoods moved into by various races who like experience some sort of familiarity amongst their own kind. And you notice several shops, several delicious eateries, until finally you see the grandest stadium you've ever seen in your life. Large stone pillars, gothic gargoyles hang over several archway entrances that go the circumference of this circular building. What does Petco mean? <laughs> <laughs> you were with the one very specific to San Diego? Yeah. What does Yankee Stadium yeah, I just thought. <laughs> you see a grand stadium. At that point, the Hulk Hogan giant looks at you. You guys ever been to a wrestling show at the Grand Stadium before? Yeah, I come here all the time, dude. <laughs> just hang out with the wrestlers just to get invited. No, I've never been. I've never been poor enough to get into wrestling. <laughs> a lot of the wrestling fan base isn't exactly the college graduating type. Lothario lets out a sigh of relief that this giant didn't just backhand him for insulting his <laughs> people and culture. But because he's dumb and uneducated. <laughs> no, no, I get it. There's a lot of Mountain Dew drinkers in this audience, brother. I completely understand. <laughs> you see a lot of carriages with nuts on the hitch. God. On uh, all the... Uh, Pork nuts are spiked. <laughs> Look like a goddamn pineapple. In the off-season, is this stadium used for uh, insane clown They do posse? the legal street uh, racing. And by the way, if anyone's hungry, we got all the Slim Jims you could ever want. <laughs> right over here, brother. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> He just opens his mouth. He doesn't even raise his hand to catch. <laughs> and Randy, the macho giant savage, without even looking, throws a Slim Jim, as it appears he's done thousands of times before. It, it unwraps <laughs> midair and lands. At that point, you guys are crossing the threshold. You guys are going through the tunnels. You see a large half-orc security guards watching the entrance. It says in common above the performer's entrance as you guys enter. You enter a large stone coliseum-esque hallway that leads into the locker room. You guys are seeing these electric lights for the first time indoors. You guys are surprised by the visibility provided over the previously established torchlight. I feel like he's going to try to sell us season tickets to I this. I know, place. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to sell you on electricity. Do you want to buy my solar panels or not? Is everything okay at home, Damien? <laughs> I'm doing a Dungeons & Dragons fucking podcast. You tell me. <laughs> Do you need help paying the bills? <laughs> Is the electricity going out? <laughs> As you continue to walk down the hallway, you see several more sets of security guards of varying races, dwarves with big beards and tight t-shirts that say security, orcs, even an ogre pass along the way, already to keep the very uneducated fan base from... Some of them went problems. to trade school. And we need more of them. God bless them. <laughs> I mean, automation is taking their jobs left and right, but that's going to happen to all sectors eventually. But we need people to Ex repair the robots. Let's see a robot dungeon master at D&D podcast. We have Glad the you last asked. Come on in. <laughs> Damien, we spoke before you got here. Please roll a... Perception check. You'll be back. Consider this my two weeks notice. <laughs> As you guys are sitting in the locker room, you guys look at the clock, you know that the wrestling match is starting in one hour. I can uh, read time. He says to no one. <laughs> Out loud. <laughs> Those kids at school were dumb. Shut up, Mom. <laughs> the giant who looks like Hulk Hogan says to Gertrude, no, I believe you said something about waxing my mustache, sister. It was oil, but whatever you want, handsome. He opens up his mustache grooming kit and says, No, sister, it's whatever you want. And there's a variety of mustache care products from waxes to oils. Please put some kind of music behind this thing. I've been feeling good. Does she have to use her uh, extendo arm to reach his mustache? Yeah. The giant? 
I want you to know, Sister Lip, that putting mustache wax on me is certainly going to be sexual for me, but that's as far as it goes, because I'm pretty sure that we're incompatible physically in every other way due to the size difference, Sister. And Terry doesn't cheat, Sister. <laughs> <laughs> I want that as a ringtone. Is there anything you want to do in this situation? Get completely hit in the face by his erection, A. Because now I'm terrified of how big it's No, you're right. It's not that big. You're standing on it. No, the steroids affect the balls, not necessarily the the Johnson. What? Uh, I've been avoiding them for so long. (laughs) Actually, it's different for Johnson. My balls are too big to begin with. You mean I could have just shrank my balls by taking steroids? Does it have to be called a Johnson? You're going to have to use your automatic robot arm. Roll me a dexterity check. We're going to see how well you do. By the way, the better you do at your dexterity check, the more rouse he's going to get. That's the consequence. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh... What'd you do? do? Have a dexterity? What'd you do to him? Okay, I rolled a fifteen plus four, so nineteen. Plus, wow. Okay. She knows so, what she's, she's pregnant. So I he, am pregnant. Her jelly hand is the perfect mechanical instrument to address each one of I this giant room for this large whiskers. <laughs> As she's putting the wax through his mustache, she can notice that through his yellow T-shirt it says "Giant Hulkamania" through his mustache. We're about to see the giant Hulkamania. <laughs> He's wearing a red speedo, which you can see a giant erection forming as you're doing this and all he can do is he kind of keeps looking seductively at you and just says oh yeah sister for the next 30 minutes that's your life 30 minutes wow oh my god it's a giant mustache <laughs> is she standing on it she's to reach being very deliberate with the application <laughs> wax Kevin roll me a history check it rolled too well oof 11 plus 2, 13. With the 13, you know that the Giants wrestling squad has been the number one wrestling squad for many, many years. You know that they're fighting the newer orc wrestling squad, and you know that these guys have actually been the number one contender for a long time. You know that their last big victory was against the Halfling Wrestling Squad, which, as expected, they fucking crushed. (laughs) But tonight, many are worried. For the first time, your heroes, the Giants wrestling squad, are the underdogs. They are expected to lose against the younger quicker orc wrestling squad. You also know that professional wrestling in this world is unlike wrestling in our world. It mimics it in many ways. It's very similar, except they really are doing damage to each other. It's not choreographed. At this point, the Hulk Hogan Giants tells to everybody, All right, anybody who's not wrestling today, brothers, I need gonna need for you to go wait in your seats ringside. Aw, okay, he, mister. <laughs> he hands backstage passes to Lothario and Gertrude. And he winks at Gertrude as she leaves. She's got a backstage Gertrude, why are you all oily? Thousand yard stare from uh, <laughs> looking at that giant. I've seen some things tonight. <laughs> the show hasn't even begun. It's actually not a thousand yards. That's exaggerated. It's about half of that. Gertrude and Lothario make their way to their seats. When they enter the main arena area, they see how coveted the seats that they have are. There are thousands upon thousands of peoples of various races littering the stands all the way from the high-rise seats to where you guys' seats are. You guys actually have seats available, but there's nothing stopping you guys from freely, like even tagging in, although there are security around, so you guys probably shouldn't interfere with the match. Assuming that these wrestling matches are like those uh, in our current world that we actually live in, uh, Kevin has given Lothario a sign that he made to hold up, and it says in big letters, Kevin wrestles very efficiently. <laughs> and it, and, it, and, it, and it, is it like perfectly sized? No, no words are run off. Like it's like just a giant sign. Yes, that's awesome. Like a poster board. Kevin, before they go to their seats and before they leave the room, Kevin hands a sign to Lothario. Don't open it till the battle. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, Kevin. It's a giant fucking sign. 
Uh, in the middle, you guys see this large cannon. No. looks like a modern wrestling ring. This is ring. about me. <laughs> Six about five feet above the ground. It's a large ring. The, one of the differences between a professional wrestling ring and our ring is that the posts that one would jump over for aerial attacks are, are made out of cheese. Are much bigger and able, unlike cheese, to support a giant's weight. You so, cheese can hold up a giant? You doubting cheese? What type of cheese are we talking, brother? <laughs> I don't think it matters. I mean, I think cheese yeah. is pretty strong, Damien. Get in physics real quick. Yeah. Cheese has calcium and bones are made of calcium, so. <laughs> Oh, cheese is bones. <laughs> Fair enough. Clearly, <laughs> cheese is bones. You guys patiently wait until your seats until the show is ready to start. As the show is getting ready to start, the lights go down low until finally a spotlight pierces the darkness. You can see in the middle of the ring, shining on a dwarven man holding a sound amplification device of some kind. Looks like a modified stone of far speech, which you guys might have seen. And one of those shiny blue wires coming down from the ceiling. You know this announcer to be the famous dwarven wrestler, Rickon Flair. Your right? imagination is just... He grabs the microphone and says, Woo! Hello, wrestling fans out there! Hello, wrestling fans out there! Are you ready for the wrestling event of the century? And the crowd goes wild. Gertrude and Lothario have never heard this many voices screaming at once. Tonight we have the legends of the International Wrestling League. We have the Giant Wrestling Squad versus the Orc Wrestling Squad! And we leave that scene there and we go to the locker room as Randy Macho Giant is about to give a pep talk. All right, Kevin, you know what you're in for. You're a wrestling fan, aren't you? You know what you're doing out there, brother. I do indeed. All right, you know this is an important match. These orcs are trying to take our belt, and we're not going to let it happen. Unfortunately, I really screwed the pooch on this one getting injured, but you're going to have to take over for me. So, is there any last-second request? Is there anything I can do for you to get you motivated? No, that was very good. (laughs) We'll go out there and get them, brother. I'm going to explain the mechanics of this before the fight gets started. It's a four-on-four tag team match with two wrestlers being allowed in the ring at the same time. Kevin, because you are a replacement wrestler, you are not going to be in there initially. You will be tagged in. There are a few mechanics for this fight. First off, you can spend an action or a bonus action getting the crowd on your side. You can think of something you do to rile the crowd up. If you do this, you and your whole team get one point of inspiration. This point of inspiration can be used on any role in the fight. So if one of your teammates does it, Kevin gets one. These points of inspiration cannot be taken with you outside of the ring, so spend them all. Also, Kevin, you are not allowed to use your hammer. All of your weapons will be chair-based, and I recommend using weapons. You will use the same stats as your hammer for this. You hear the announcer saying, And welcome to the ring, the reigning champions of the wrestling league, the Giant Wrestling Squad! The Hulk Hogan Giant says, That's our cue, brother! Taps all of you on the ass. He has to bend down to tap Kevin. (laughs) The Hulk Hogan Giant leads the way into the arena. You guys are walking down there, people trying to high-five Kevin all along the way as he's going. They're giants, they're supporting their team, and they're just wrestling fans from all over. Is it overwhelming for Kevin to be? Kevin is super excited to be here. He's been a wrestling fan for a long time. He's high-fiving as many people as he can. Kevin is enjoying the fuck out of this. Their security guards actually to the two guys' left and right of varying races, actually pushing the hands away. There's just too many for Kevin to high-five all at once. They're keeping the crowd back. You hear people in the crowd saying, that's the guy from Firefest. That's the dude from Firefest, the drummer guy. 
Yeah, fuck Lord Privilegington. They're really excited to see that you're the new celebrity wrestler joining the team. It's kind of like if Snoop Dogg does an appearance on yeah. Raw. This is what we're dealing with right now. You guys make your way to the ring. You guys all get up onto the mat. Do you do anything special to pump the crowd up? Kevin's going to do a backflip off the ropes. I love it. Roll me an athletics or acrobatics check, whichever's higher. Athletics, 6 plus 7, 13. Kevin in his heavy plate mail armor gets up on the top rope. He doesn't get all the way up because the ropes are the size for giants. But he goes a really respectable height up and does a clunky backflip, kind of like if fat guy could do a backflip. <laughs> That's the kind of dexterity with all of his armor that Kevin was able to pull that off. And the crowd doesn't go insane for it, but there's a bunch of the crowd who, who cheers, certainly. You hear more applause after the backflip. At that point, the stage goes dark again, except for a spotlight on the host and Rickon Flair in the center. And now we have your challengers this evening. They're dangerous. They're feared by all. Welcome the Orc Wrestling Squad! <laughs> and these guys are the heels. They are the team the fans love to hate. They're coming in. While they have a different energy, they're getting the fans just as excited, but in a different way. As you notice the wrestlers climb into the ring, you notice that they look very different. Kevin, you would know these wrestlers. One of them is wearing kind of denim jean shorts, very buff, even for an orc. Like your average orc is six to eight feet tall. These orcs are like 11 feet tall and they look like almost a different species of orc with all the muscle they have. One of them, Kron Cena. This is a much younger generation of wrestler that you know. You hear the announcer go, Kron Cena! It sounds like a chick, just like one name. Oh, it's Kron Cena. Uh, you look at the next one, he's wearing a mask with just oh, a, a, a small mouth hole cut and a small eye hole cut, but covers the rest of his head and is tied off in the back by the, behind his neck. Um, it would look very similar to a Mexican wrestler's mask in our world. Mm -hmm. Luchador. Uh, he says, let's hear it for Flay Mysterio. <laughs> the next one, you see one uh, who, who uh, says, can you smell? <laughs> can you smell what the bigger rock is cooking? Because he's physically much larger than our world's rock. Can you smell this premise from a mile away? <laughs> and the last one says, and welcome Stone Cold Cleave Rustin. And there's a fourth orc wearing a leather biker cut, black Speedo, and chugs a beer right in front of everybody. He didn't bring any to share, so you know he's the top dick. <laughs> Rickon Flair says to the audience, Both of our teams know who's rustling first. If we're ready, let's get this going! And the ref comes out, it's a small gnomish man, and he's going to be your officiator this evening. Cabbage? <laughs> he does say haw damn a lot, but it is not cabbage. <laughs> oh man. He walks up to you guys and says, All right, hold damn. I expect a good, clean fight out of both teams. I'm especially talking to you, orc team. Hold damn. <laughs> With that, the gnome gives the warning to both team captains. In the ring currently, we have the Hulk Hogan giant and the Andre, the unironically named giant. And from the other team, in the ring currently, we have Kron Cena and Stone Cold Cleve Rustin. The audience is roaring, except when they see the match about to start, all of a sudden the stadium gets quiet. You could hear a pin drop until you hear the ding of the bell. The match has begun. The Hulk Hogan giant springs off the back ropes, does a clothesline off Kron Cena. Cena hits the ground hard. Stone Cold Plevos enters in a clutch with Andre, the unironically named giant. Both are going back and forth, neither given ground. Go ahead and give me a perception check, Gertrude and Lothario. I got a 
natural one plus five, so six. Got a ten. not necessarily into this. She's still fixated on what happened backstage. Both of you are way too distracted, either by memories or what's going on in the ring, watching these forces of nature clash against each other. Each time these two are hitting each other, shockwaves are sent throughout the entire stadium. Just so much muscle mass and power going head to head. In my mind, I'm singing memories all alone with the Hulk. <laughs> with that perception check, you notice that one of the wrestlers, Andre, the unironically named giant, all of a sudden looks really tired. Yawn. Uh, <laughs> Yawn, lady. Upon seeing his opponent weekend, the Stone Cold Cleave Rustin Orc picks up Andre, the unironically named giant, and body slams him hard. The entire mat bounces like a goddamn trampling for a second with how much weight has been slammed onto the mat and with that much force. Kind of throws the other wrestlers off a little bit. Go ahead and give me another perception check, Lothario and Gertrude. 15. What do you got, Lothario? Six? Okay. Lothario, you are thoroughly entertained by this, what's happening. Yeah. Uh, you are not noticing much else. You are just seeing uh, a childhood dream come true in front of you. Gertrude, you are not as interested. As such, you kind of see something happen. You notice that the Hulk Hogan giant immediately seems to get really tired as well. He looks a lot weaker, sweating profusely. You notice that at the same moment where he appeared to get physically weaker, you saw something in the corner of your eye. It looked like something peeked up over the edge of the corner of the ring opposite from where you two are and went back under real fast. <laughs> Sorry. Meanwhile. I was thinking. Gertrude, can you stop looking like you're noticing something? I'm trying to enjoy the show. Azario. <laughs> At that point, Andre, the unironically named giant, reaches out his massive arm and says, I need help. I can't. I'm so tired. And he slaps Kevin's hand. Yeah. Kevin, it's your turn to enter the ring. Kevin, uh, right before he enters the ring, he turns to the audience and raises his arms up. So you have spent your, let's say your bonus action okay. doing this. So Kevin his arms to get the crowd on his side. Uh, He's holding drumsticks already somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I raise him up and look at the crowd and then I jump over the ropes to get in the ring. Go ahead and give me an athletics check. 13 plus seven, 20. 20, all right. As soon as he's tagged, the giant cat metal armor that the audience can see turns around, faces the crowd, confidently turning his back on his opponent, raises his arms as if to say, that's right, cheer for me. He then turns- And then he actually does say that. <laughs> that's right, cheer for me. <laughs> the crowd cheers even louder, somehow able to hear this over their own roar. He turns around 180 degrees and jumps, without putting his hands on the rope, jumps the ropes, which is for a giant's arena, jumps the ropes, uh, lands perfectly on the ground in a superhero pose. Kevin, it is now your turn with your action. Who's in here with me? Hulk Hogan? A very tired Hulk Hogan is, is backing up on the ring. The Kron Cena giant is doing a series of those, like, you know, stomp kicks yeah. that are done in the WWE, right. but in this world they're doing damage. You see the Hulk Hogan giant just taking abuse. Are they positioned where I could leap off of Hulk Hogan and try to kick Kron Cena in the face? Yes. You could use your movement to get up, and yes, you could you can kick John Cena in the face. Now, is he going to jump Cena. off, bring off of his boner? Is it still active? <laughs> can you put a diving board sound effect? <laughs> bring. I just remembered bring you said on. that we can use chairs. There's no chairs, like, in the ring already, right? There are a few chairs littered around. You can use your action to pick up the chair. Currently, you are unequipped. They are too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, spring off him and uh, try to kick Kron Cena in the face. Like All right. Drop, double foot drop kick. Okay, uh, go ahead and give me an attack roll. Uh, use your unarmed or your claw attack, whatever it is for your claws. 16 plus 7, 23. Three, that sure as hell hits. It uses all of your movements for this action. Uh, go ahead and roll damage. Unarmed strike? Yes. 
there is a good 10 foot height difference between yeah. these two because you are going off an obstacle right and this will be true for the rest of this fight if you do something off high you can add 1d10 damage to your attack if it's an aerial attack well that's what i was going for is it uh claw is three plus four so seven uh six get him kevin woo as the hulk hogan giant finds himself backed up the stone cold giant attempts to make a move for kevin but kevin's already making off to the other side of the ring to go help his partner tag team partner he climbs up the rope behind him when he gets high enough like a cat jumps onto the back of the shirt which is still on the giant hulk hogan's body scampers up a few feet using all of his movement speed off the shoulder of the exhausted giant kevin jumps does he say anything i can't think of anything cool. right. kevin say something cool <laughs> upon hearing lothario's words and ignoring them kevin jumps off the exhausted giant's shoulder a good 10 feet above the head of his intended target he Kron- says prepare to be kicked in the face what Cena says as a mean cat in armor drop kick is delivered to the right side of Cena's face they turn to gertrude and say guess he wasn't prepared it's going to be stone cold cleave rustin's turn he is going to make an attack roll at Kevin. Natural 20. Ooh. Because he has the ability Orcish Critical attack damage for his unarmed attack was 1d8. This giant seeing Kevin with his back turned proud of the mean drop just delivered to his tag team partner's face. He bounces off the back rope, gets a running start at Kevin, and drops an elbow to the back of Kevin's head. This really knocks the shit out of Kevin. He takes 24 damage. Ouch. He then makes a bonus action to pump up the crowd. The ref says, oh, no hitting in the back of the head. The Stone Cold Cleave Austin clearly enjoying the booze he's getting for after his illegal move to the back of Kevin's head. He spends his time pumping up the crowd, playing the heel. He does a, oh, grumpy cat gonna cry face <laughs> for the audience. He gets a lot of booze. His team now has one inspiration point. Gertrude and Lothario, give me another perception check. So I did not get an inspiration point for my pump them up and jump in? Uh, yeah, yeah, you did. Okay. You do have an inspiration point. I got a 12. 12. 12, 12. Uh, Kevin, give me a wisdom saving throw. Uh, 10 plus 2, 12. Kevin, you start to feel weak. You notice a lot of your strength is sapped from you. At the same time, you notice he was getting back up with a lot of steam, and then all of a sudden, he really slowed down like you saw the previous two wrestlers on this side. This time, Lothario saw it too. From the opposite corner of you, you see, looks like something goes back down under the ring. Lothario, does Kevin look like he's getting tired? Yeah, and it also, uh, did you see that little thing, little mold type thing? You little saw mold type thing? Yeah, what was that? Okay, what I thought that? it was just me and my meds again. I thought I was just exhausted and imagining things again. Well, you were on that bender last night. Yeah, the Coke I psychosis had a traumatizing afternoon. Coke psychosis <laughs> is real. Yeah. Should we do something about that, or should we watch the rest of the show? Oh, so we've established that that's actually happening right now. I think that was. Oh, be yeah. Because right. oh, yeah, I didn't do Coke last night. Yeah, they should. we should definitely do something. Because if I was down there, I'd probably want something. Should we wait for the show to finish? You know what? That'd be polite. Do they have an intermission? <laughs> That'd be very polite to do. To wait. I don't want to interrupt everyone's. In the ring, you see Kevin's still kind of dazed, looking weak. Cron uh, Cena has the Hulk Hogan giant behind his arms. The Stone Cold Cleve Austin's climbing up on the rope, getting ready to a flying elbow. That's what's happening while you guys are talking. Well, I don't we... want to throw an elbow in this guy throwing in an elbow, so let's just wait a minute. <laughs> okay, Stone Cold comes down and strikes uh, the Hulk Hogan giant in the face. His nose is busted up now. He's looking really bad. Ooh. He reaches out. When he hits the ground, he's able he to reach out. He cannot smell what the bigger rock is cooking. <laughs> he reaches out and tags uh, his tag team partner, the Ultimate Warrior Giant. 
Ultimate Warrior Giant gets into the ring. He spins one turn, pumping up the crowd. That is two points of inspiration for your team. He does... Rail a Coke. For his next move, he picks up a chair and throws it to you, Kevin. Okay. Just gives you a solemn nod. So, Kevin, normally this is against the rules, but I think this calls for action. He's going to swing the chair at uh, the same guy's head. Now, can I use my points of inspiration to, to try and hit him better? You can use your point of inspiration after a roll. So if you use a roll and it's not high enough, you can say, I'm going to use my inspiration. What's that thing that I can do? Can I also do smite? Yeah. You so can I rolled 15 plus 7, 22. That hits. Okay. So smite to chair. All right. So roll your damage. Right. 5, 11 plus 5. So 16 base plus divine smite is 2d8. 32. Kevin, despite feeling exhausted right now, hears the roar of the crowd behind him and is able to put one foot in front of the other slowly at first until finally he's worked himself to a decent running start. He's carrying his chair that the ultimate warrior threw him. As he would his hammer, he's about to strike and bring down and smite an enemy. He runs up to Kron Cena. Kron Cena anticipates the blow, tries to block Kevin, but Kevin sidesteps him to the right and smashes the chair down onto Kron Cena's head, neck, and back. Kron Cena's orcish body is filled with holy, divine, smiting justice. While Kevin did get a mighty blow, he does feel that in his current weakened state, he probably did about half damage on the physical portion of that attack. However, the holy energy really seemed to hurt the orc as much as intended. Kevin says uh, as he swings it, I have a chair for you, because he doesn't really get puns. <laughs> All right, uh, it is now... Uh, oh, please tell me it was a comically oversized chair since these are giants as well. This was a chair meant to fit a large ass. <laughs> yeah, certainly a large ass. I've never seen groove. a donkey sit. <laughs> Kron Cena has taken a sizable amount of damage at this point. He looks in and tags the bigger rock, who uh, is an orc who looks like, weirdly enough, a bigger version of Dwayne Johnson. You believe that. Is his name Boulder then? <laughs> he jumps into the ring. He is going to use his grappling. He's going to engage with Ultimate Warrior Giant. They're going to do a strength contest, both of them being master wrestlers. 12 for the bigger rock. And a 17 for the Ultimate Warrior Giant. The bigger rock attempts a clinch with the Ultimate Warrior Giant. He is, after a brief uh, pushing the back and forth of strength, the Ultimate Warrior Giant is able to break free and kicks the bigger rock to the mat. He is now prone. Go ahead and give me another perception check, Gertrude and Lothario. One uh, uh, minus one. <laughs> <laughs> Sal has fallen asleep. I mean, I'm actually like, yeah. you are way too hard. Yeah, last yeah it's fucking per perfect. <laughs> uh, no big deal, but I rolled a 23. With a 20 fucking three, this time. Is it a mole? And is this mole, does it look like Danny, Danny DeVito? DeVito? Does DeVito. it look like a naked Danny DeVito? Please, yes. <laughs> uh, you guys came up with mole on your own. <laughs> <laughs> This time you see it seems like the ultimate warrior giant kind of looks like he might be getting weaker for a second and then just shakes it off. Maybe that would have been missed by most wrestling fans, but with your perception check, you sure as hell caught that. With your perception check, you also see what looked like sure as hell was a halfling hand, just based upon size and your experience with halflings. Come up above the mat briefly, it was holding something small and wooden, possibly a wand, and flicked it at the wrestlers and then went back down. Hey, Lazario, I'm really familiar with halflings who have a hand full of wood, and I think something's going on in the corner. All right, well then go check it out. Come with me. I'm Sounds scared. like fun. All right, all right. Yeah. All right I'm coming. <laughs> you were so good. 
<laughs> Wake up! Have, yeah. Yeah, have some Mountain Dew, it was free backstage. <laughs> that wakes me up because I secretly also love Mountain Dew. <laughs> he stares at it, he's like, Do you have any Code Red? <laughs> uh, I'm so glad someone knows about Code Red. Do you need a Slim Jim for energy? I need some gamer fuels when I'm talking about. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to figure out where that hand came from. All right, so Gertrude and Lothario get up and walk around to where they... But we want to go Pink Panther style. They are sneaking. <laughs> Fortunately, there is such an exciting spectacle happening on the mat right now. There's a reason Lothario and most of the crowd has been missing most of what's happening. It seems like only Gertrude's eyes have picked up. The crowd doesn't even seem to notice you guys slyly pink panthering and rolling behind chairs to for cover. Who you're hiding from, nobody knows. It's just common behavior. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But as you guys go up to where this was, you don't see anything. Go ahead and give me an investigation check, both of you. I got a 24. Gertrude. Wait, what's 8 plus 4? 22. (laughs) (laughs) Gertrude, you notice when looking at this corner of the ring, you see this canvas mat in front of you, and it's canvas on the top, and it's canvas all along the side onto the ground. It looks like it's bolted in. But you notice more and more as you're inspecting this corner that you saw the movement from before, that there seems to be kind of a hole that is cut. Uh, It's it's big enough for smaller creatures or even a medium-sized creature like a human or anybody who's not an orc or a giant to get through. Do you think something was popping in and out from that hole? I don't know. I rolled a two, so I'm going to guess that uh, whatever I'm going to guess is wrong. Have you ever played whack-a-mole before? A big part of strategy with whack-a-mole is just watching and seeing what comes out of the hole. All right, all right. Maybe we should just watch. Yeah, that works for me. Just then you see a halfling hand come out and do that same flicking motion towards the... She sees her, not me, right? Uh, th- this is it's fr- right in front This of is you. right in front of you. It'd be hard to miss. All right, let's point. see. 16, you're right. I did I did see this one. What's your modifier? <laughs> Minus 16. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, you see, I saw a hand just come through. Oh, there it is. What is that? I, I mean, I know it's a hand. Kevin, go ahead and give me a roll. What are you doing for your attack? Oh, we're still fighting? Yeah, yeah. Did the chair break? No, the chair is still in your hand. I was hoping it broke so I could have like two legs and smash him on his head, but uh, hit him with the chair again. But I'm gonna do it like I'm gonna turn to the crowd and like kind of. All right, so use your bonus action. Yeah, okay. like a hold, swing the chair around a little bit. Like, hey, check this out. Go ahead and give me an attack roll. You're attacking Stone Cold Cleave Rustin, or are you attacking? Did he tag Rustin? out or no? Ron Cena did tag out. Ron Cena. Okay, I'm going after the same one I've been fighting. Well, you can't because you attacked Ron Cena before, so uh, it's, it's two it's two people you haven't attacked before. You've done all the damage to Ron Cena. The bigger rock is prone on the ground, so if you attack him, you get advantage. Prone on the ground? Yeah, I'm going to hit him in the head with the chair. Give me an attack roll. Six plus seven, 13. You do have two inspiration. I'd use one. Can I use one? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and uh, roll a 1d6 and add that number. You use your second one, too, if you need to. Three? That does hit. They have a, they okay. have a, you had to beat a 15. You've done that. You also used your bonus action to gain one more point of inspiration. Go ahead and roll damage. While this is happening, Five, could could three, Gertrude and I position ourselves around the hole and attempt to try to catch? 12. Oh, exactly what the, I was thinking. The the wrist. It's reverse whack a mole. Yeah. So I got twelve for just the chair damage, mm-hmm. and then the divine smite is going to be seven plus six, thirteen. So twenty-five total. Getting some really good smite damage. Yes. Just go ahead and half the physical damage, and uh, so half the physical that leave me at six physical, thirteen uh, smite. So, so nineteen. Kevin brings the chair up, sees the bigger rock beneath him. He brings up, the bigger rock brings his hands up, 
to try to protect himself. Kevin feels a bit weaker in the moment, but remembers the roar of the crowd that he just heard a second ago and is inspired to bring this chair down with holy justice. The chair grows bright gold this time, filled with divine energy, and he brings it down. The bigger than the rock uh, goes to protect his head, uh, leaving his midsection wide open. And that is where Kevin brings the chair down as if it were a sledgehammer directly on the bigger rock's midsection. He spits up some blood. Uh, Kevin, you feel that you could have hit harder, you feel in your weakened state, but you know that divine energy, you kind of sense it's still emanating from the bigger rocks. Oiled up, sexy midsection. Did you say sludge hammer? A sludge hammer, yeah, it's like the Toxic Avengers <laughs> hammer. I had in Gertrude's hand. <laughs> uh, he passes. With that, you see a hand dart up once again and flick at the Ultimate Warrior wrestler. You guys have been holding your action to grab it. Go ahead and give me a dexterity check. 22. I am good at catching small hands holding wood. Ooh. Got an 11. The hand that you attempted to catch rolled a 21 dexterity saving throw. So lucky for you. We add ours you, together. You have a firm hold. You've used your action to grab a hold of this halfling hand that is carrying all that glory a small wand. What are you doing? Well, in my head, I'm singing. I have. <laughs> <laughs> all back. She uh, thinks in her head, but she's actually singing that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to yank this person out. Okay. Gertrude yanks out this halfling. This halfling is dressed. Lothar, you're a fan of wrestling in this world, are you not? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Gertrude yanks out this ripped halfling, a very muscular halfling. This halfling wearing uh, shabby monk's robes. It has a, a leather mask covering a bit of its face and like a leather bowling glove. Has a sock on one hand. Mr. Sacco. Lothario, you know this as Halfkind, the famous Half-Kind? halfling team wrestler. Oh shit, it's halfling. I don't know how I agree. <laughs> uh, upon. Oh wow, guys. Also known as Halfling Jack. Guys, we just ruined the wrestling match by (laughs) fucking... As you pull him out, the entire audience stops. And keep in mind, there is a very one-sided beating. Despite the damage that Kevin is doing, the rest of his wrestling team seems to be very ineffectual against these orcs. And even Kevin seems in a weakened state. Although, Kevin, the feeling of weakness is starting to wear off now. You actually kind of feel like you've gotten to your full strength again, as if whatever was sapping your strength is now... It's because I saw a sign out that said Kevin is a very efficient wrestler, and I just <laughs> really... I just, like, posted it on the <laughs> on the chair. <laughs> He's right. I am a very proficient wrestler. <laughs> when you see that, you notice a lot of commotion coming from underneath the stage. Gertrude, you look in and you see three more halfling wrestlers in there. They are trying to get away. They know that they've just been caught fucking up. Half-kind says... Oh, how'd you see us, lady? My moves were almost imperceptible. And he runs out of the ring, screaming, You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Randy the Giant Savage, who is just off stage in his wheelchair watching everything happen, <laughs> scoops up the leather-masked halfling kind and puts him in a headlock. I may be in a wheelchair, but I got you in my headlock. You can't get away from Hold up the match, hold up the match, hold damn. We have outside interference, we hear, and immediately the fight stops in the ring. The wand which was dropped onto the corner of the mat as soon as Gertrude apprehended the halfling kind's hand is found. Kevin is desperately tapping the raft on the shoulder and pointing, saying, that's illegal. <laughs> this should be a disqualification. <laughs> Kevin winds up like he's about to hit the bigger rock again, the bigger rock whose defenses are down. <laughs> do you do it? Yeah. Go ahead and roll advantage. He's not expecting it. 18 on the first roll, so 25. 25? (laughs) Go ahead and roll damage, and if you're smiting again, smite. This is full damage or or half still? It's full now. Five and four, nine. 
plus five, so 14 for physical and 512, so 26 total. 26 total. The bigger rock is getting up, holding his head. He's still spitting up blood from the last blow to the midsection. He's kind of nursing his wounds, thinking there was relative safety. Kevin, perhaps- I would have accepted that rock is now rubble, but you missed your chance. <laughs> uh, Kevin brings down the chair hard on the back of the bigger rock's head. The bigger rock, lights immediately go out. He goes unconscious. The entire crowd turns on Kevin. Are you not entertained? Both teams' corners, all the supports have security, starts rushing the ring now as the other wrestlers are, you wanna go? As they're trying to fight. This situation has devolved on the stage big time. <laughs> we have outside interference. We have an illegal chair to the head. There's a lot- Really, really good illegal chair to the head though, I mean. Many fans looking back will say that this is either the greatest night of the league's wrestling history or the worst. Gertrude and Lothario, you guys are kind of caught up in this in this melee as security is coming. You guys can hear the gnome referee talking with league officials. They're talking about outside interference and how this match is just an automatic disqualification. Nobody wins. It's a draw. I did not see it going this way. I love that we foil his plans at every time. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sometimes you wonder who really is the dungeon master. <laughs> <laughs> And in the madness that is happening in this stadium, fans are swinging chairs into the ring. Fans are fighting fans. Kevin's it is swinging a- his chair to bat him away. Yeah. Kevin is on the top rope, swinging at fans, thinking that this is just a big, fun brawl. <laughs> For one of us, it is. Let me pick some pockets. Give me a slide of hand check. Let me <laughs> slide a hand in it. Slide a hand in it. 15 with 8, I got 23, so I look for the NFL commissioner. Lothar, you have a field day. You're either picking the pockets of fans who are already knocked unconscious or perhaps trampled to death in this mm-hmm. melee. Uh, I, can, or, I can watch the blood. Wow, that escalated really quickly. <laughs> or trampled to death. This is, you did say this was real, Russell. Holy shit. This is your doing, Kevin. Not only that, but just distracted security guards who are dealing with fans. You're picking their wallets and everything. Dope. Lothario, with that roll, go ahead and add 150 gold to your stash. Scribbled, scribbled. With that picture, a wide shot of the stadium, and we're zooming out. You just hear the mad, you hear Rick Hahn flare saying, This is madness. I've never seen anything like this. Oh my, this is a day of wrestling, of infamy. Oh my goodness. The newcomer smacked the bigger rock with a chair. Oh damn, oh damn. (laughs) And we go to Grayson. He is with Chud. I am with Chud. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. They are carrying Tifi with one arm over each shoulder. There is a height difference between the two, so Grayson, who actually is a bit stronger than Chud, is carrying a bit more of the weight because he's shorter, but they're carrying him arm under arm as you would like a friend who's just too drunk to walk. They're weekend at Bernie's <laughs> here. <laughs> weekend at Tifi's. Any listeners, and if you will draw us a picture of Weekend at Tifi's, we'll give you a shout <laughs> out on the next episode. Does he have a nose episode. for the sunglasses to stay on? Rust is uh, like carrying the hood, trying to help, yeah. but not doing any real help. Just yeah. kind of flying around with them. There is an owl who has been very poorly described following behind Tifi. <laughs> nope, he's, I said he's just a basic owl. Basic bitch ass owl. Are we talking barn owl? Are we talking snow owl? What are we talking, bro? It's a barn owl. Fans, you know it's a barn owl. <laughs> You party. <laughs> they make their way deeper and deeper into Duke's court. Grayson, you know that they're past the merchant district. Eventually, you get into what you might call 
it doesn't have an official name, but we might call it the Technology District. It is where uh, many of the town's cutting edge researchers, scientists, alchemists, great learned minds go to experiment. It is a part of town that really doesn't have a lot of purpose for others to be there except those involved in new forms of technology or magic. All right, Chad, we are getting close, and I just want to let you know, no sudden moves around the mechanic. Uh, She's a little bit jittery, but you should get along quite well. Probably smart enough to understand more about what she says than I. Well, I certainly hope I don't uh, embarrass you in front of this mechanic feller. Uh, she's, uh, late. Oh, um, I apologize. I'm glad we got that out of the confusion out of the way right now. Grayson leads Chud and they carry Tifi to a nondescript door on a cul-de-sac in this district. It is a large gothic-style building, much more run-down than many of the buildings around it. As you look inside the windows, you can see a lot of dust all over the place, but a lot of fine pieces. Looks like expensive parts, pieces to machinery, pieces that neither of you understand. Grayson knocks on the large golden painted oak door. The door finally opens and you see a very short bronze dragonborn with very thick spectacles. Chud notices that this is much shorter than any other dragonborn he's ever met. Not only that, but much more stout, almost like the build of a dwarf, but not a dwarf. The bronze dragonborn looks up at Grayson. Grayson, and, uh, wonderful to see you. Please ah. come in. Hello, my dear. Great to see you as well. Uh, We've got something you'll be very interested in. Chud grabs the hood on TV's head and removes it. Oh, oh, oh my. Is that, um, that's a soul-infused warforge. Bring it, lay it on the desk, please, quick, quickly. You heard her, Chud. Let's go. Oh, God, I cannot wait to put this thing down. This TV's a spot heavier than I would imagine them to be. As a short guy, yes. Uh, Warforges are quite uh, heavy. Immediately, once you lay uh, TV down the table, the mechanic gets to work. Um, how long has it been like this? Please, uh, t- t- tell me everything that's happened. And she's frantically going to work, taking off TV's clothes. She's looking for access panels, finds one. I think we did establish that TV does have a switch at the motivator. So she is digging <laughs> at and TV's motivator. Seems unresponsive to the reset signal. Try two fingers. <laughs> I've tried three. <laughs> Did you twist it a little? Uh, 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 what has happened here? Uh, there is, we have no information. Uh, TV just, uh, this is the name of this guy. Uh, he just uh, shut down all of a sudden. Um, actually, we thought that he was human until he was shut down. Oh, I need to get to work right away. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's been shut down too long. It's been deactivated. The, the internal memory core may have depleted. I, I, I don't know how much of this Awakened Warforge we're going to be able to get back. Oh, dear. Uh, Chad, you're very tall. Can you reach over and grab that power converter above you? Oh, absolutely, ma'am. Grayson, you put those muscles to work. Uh, I need for you to start generating power right now. And points over to looks like a crank for an old Model A or Model T, but it's attached to some sort of, uh, as you said, a generator device, a box that looks unfamiliar to you. Uh, is this the uh, right handle? Uh, yes, please, please. I need you to start spinning right away. Which direction? Is it clockwise or counter? Or... It'll only spin one way. Just try it. The mechanic frantically grabs the power converter that Chud brought her. She plugs it into Tifi's motivator and runs the other, plugs it into the back of the generator. Start spinning now. Start spinning now. Do I roll to spin or just... You actually start spinning without a problem. The mechanic says, you're going to need to maintain this until I finish my work. So I'm going to need for you to roll me an athletics check. <laughs> As you start winding up, you notice that maybe you haven't done an upper body work in a bit, but this is actually straining you a bit more. It's from carrying Tifi. At this point, Chud sees you struggling. Oh, let me jump in there, brother. Uh, he's, Chud's going to roll an athletics check to see if I can keep the power going. Chud rolled a 
18 total. Holy shit. Grayson, despite your jacked body and years of combat experience, this very unathletic furball comes up and maybe he just was sandbagging and carrying Tifi all the way here, but he actually takes your place and begins generating the power needed. The mechanic says, all right, I need for you to maintain that for at least an hour. I have a lot of work to do. And with that, the mechanic sets on her monumentous task of bringing Tifi back and making them operational. And I think that's probably the best place we're gonna end for this episode. With chaos at the stadium, and Tifi's artificial life hanging in the balance. This has been a pretty fun episode today. I do uh, want to point out this is the second time that Kevin has orchestrated like a massive crowd just losing their fucking mind. You are more decorative cabbage than you give yourself credit for, <laughs> Kevin. Thank you very much for listening. You can catch our podcast on Instagram and Twitter at AwfulDnd. Leave us a message. We love to hear from you. Catch us back next week where we pick up in the aftermath of this adventure and we will be joined by Gonk and Malison once again. Thank you again for listening. Later, nerds. Bye. Till next time.